Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got Graham. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's up, and welcome into the Cyber Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson, filling in for Sean Kelly, who is on his way back from the Steel City, and he was kind enough to bring back a Saints win with him as well. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving holiday. Unfortunately, I was home in bed all weekend sick, but that gave me the excuse to do nothing and watch a lot of football. So I guess we can take the positives out of that. And if anyone has any leftover Thanksgiving turkey, send it my way because I was eating soup all weekend. But I hope everyone again had a great Thanksgiving holiday weekend. And uh, it was good for the Saints to get a big win over the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday on the road. 35-32, to Drew Brees. Very efficient yesterday, 19 of 27, 257 yards. And five touchdowns. Mark Ingram really opened things up for the passing game, rushing for 122 yards on just 22 carries. And Kenny Stills really stepped up yesterday. Five receptions, 162 yards, and one touchdown as well. The defense forced two turnovers on Big Ben, and for the most part, I thought played pretty well yesterday. John DeShazer will join me to talk about yesterday's win, and we'll also hear from the man himself, Kenny Stills. Unfortunately, the Pelicans couldn't come up with a win this past weekend, falling on Friday night to the Hawks. And then Saturday night to the Wizards, the Pelicans have dropped three straight and are seven and eight on the season. They have a chance to get back to 500 tomorrow against the Oklahoma City Thunder at the Smoothie King Center. Tickets are still available for that game. You can call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. And I emphasize pelicans.com because, like I mentioned, it is Cyber Monday and the Pelicans have a great deal for you today only. You can get 50% off all tickets, limited quantities available, when you type in the code word Holiday, whether that's for Drew Holiday or the holiday season, I don't know. But again, type the co-word, all caps, HOLIDAY. You can get 50% off all tickets for the remainder of the season. So make sure you get your tickets today while you can. Get those great prices on pelicans.com. Also, there is a Cyber Monday deal on NewOrleansSaints.com at the team shop. You can save 50% off on $50 purchases, 20% on $80 purchases, and 25% off on $125 purchases. So use the code SAVEMORE, all caps, one word, SAVEMORE, to get your Saints Cyber Monday deal. So lots of good deals today going on on Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com. Back to the Pelicans. Joel Myers will join me later on to talk about the Pelicans' road trip and to preview what lies ahead 
And he'll also talk about the roster moves the Pelicans made yesterday. New Orleans waived both Darius Miller and Patrick Young, so we wish them both nothing but the best, and Joel will touch on that as well later on in the show. We have a very busy show for you today, so coming up, you'll hear from Steve Weiss from the NFL Network, as you do on every Monday, Joel Myers, as I mentioned, and coming up next, John DeShazer will recap the Saints' big road win in Pittsburgh. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in one minute. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Lotto is all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. What's up, Black and Gold fans? This is Anthony Mackie, Seven Wars Soldier, Drew Brees Disciple. You are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. We continue our Saints recap, and joining me via the telephone is John DeShazer, senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com. JD, I appreciate you bringing back a win for us. That was very nice of you. Yeah, it's nice to, uh, nice to be coming home on a, a good, uh, cheerful Monday and Sunday instead of a uh, the uh, last three ones that have not been so cheerful and have been a lot more blue than Monday should be in New Orleans. Uh, you know, we hadn't gotten accustomed to that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, for the Saints to go on the road and, and get the kind of win they got, you know, reason for, for optimism for everybody. J.D., you're traveling with the team and you travel with them back. Um, after the three losses at home before the game on Sunday, did you see a little pep in their step? Did they seem a little extra focused knowing that they really needed to get this road win against the Steelers? Well, I think uh, you know. I think they went on the road with the with the right kind of attitude, and obviously, you know, that being the us against the world kind of attitude. And you know, they've seen what's been said and written about them, and they know people are kind of you know casting money, you know, throwing them under the bus. And you know, a lot of it, you know, is self-inflicted when you lose three straight home games. You know, a team like the Saints, who had not been accustomed to losing at home, not accustomed to losing much at all in the Sean Payton era. You know, those things are going to happen. So. I think they went on the road and banded together a little tighter and, and really went up against a, a really good Pittsburgh team that they, you know, they dominated for, for the most part of that game. But, yeah, I think, they were, I think they were a lot more prepared than we thought they'd be. I mean, it was a short week with the holiday mixed in, so that none of that helped preparation, and yet those guys were able to concentrate and get their bearings about themselves and really, really have a tunnel vision as to what they wanted to accomplish in Pittsburgh. Now, we can talk about Drew Brees and five touchdowns in the passing game all day, which was very good yesterday. But what I noticed in watching the game was Mark Ingram and how well he ran. And, J.D., it seemed like how well Ingram ran really opened things up for Brees starting in the second quarter, I think. Well, it's one of those things where, you know, all season long, you have to give Saints credit for this. They said they were going to, you know, dedicate themselves to the run this season. They said they were going to be more, more, willing to stick with it even in tough times and they did just that in Pittsburgh and Ingram comes up with 23 carries 122 yards 
And the previous two games combined, he only had 94 yards. But even in those games, you know, they were still pretty committed to running the football. They were able yesterday in Pittsburgh to not have success early. I mean, Pittsburgh played the run pretty well early, but they stayed with it, you know, kept chipping away. They found some creases for Mark Ingram and a few for Pierre Thomas, and they were able to really be effective running the ball. Again, Mark, you know, that's his fourth 100-yard game of this season. I think he's got a career high now. He's more than 700 yards and a nice per carry average. But more than anything, you know, he's appreciative of the Saints staying with the running game. And it's been beneficial offensively for the Saints to stay with the running game because they've really been productive that way. Did you ever think you'd see a game where the Saints would put up 35 points and Jimmy Graham wouldn't have a reception in the game? Well, I mean, you could have you'd have bet all kinds of money, you know, for Drew Brees to throw five touchdowns and, and you know, for them to, you know, put up 35 points and, and all those kinds of things. And for Jimmy Graham to not be involved, you know, really, one, you've got to give a little credit to Pittsburgh because obviously they dedicated themselves to taking him away. But two, you've got to give some credit to the Saints to say, okay, this is the guy we really want to get the football to, but we're not going to force it and create a turnover where one might not ordinarily be. We're going to go to these guys around them, and if they loosen up, that's fine. If they don't loosen up, that's fine. But we're going to throw the football, and we're going to go to these other weapons. And Pittsburgh really ended up paying for it because, you know, the Saints had great success throwing the ball, and they were efficient. It, you know, it wasn't the whole – you know, what? it wasn't a fantastic statistical day for Drew Brees from the standpoint of yards and completions and attempts, but efficiency and touchdowns out of that. You know, you know, he completed 19 passes. Five of those were touchdowns. That's fully 25% of his pass completions were touchdowns. And, I mean, that's pretty significant when you're talking about a passing day. So, yeah, they were able to take Jimmy Graham away, and that was fine for them. But, you know, they end up paying a big price on the other side because they weren't able to cover everybody else. If you're going to double or triple Jimmy, triple Jimmy Graham, the Saints show yesterday, okay, there are other targets that we're willing to go to. Nine other Saints caught a ball yesterday besides Jimmy Graham. Kenny Stills is one of those five receptions, 160 yards and a touchdown. J.D., with the absence of Brandon Cooks and Jimmy Graham not getting a catch, the Saints were really going to need someone else to step up receiving the ball. Not only did Nick Toon do so, but Kenny Stills was a big, uh, big play for the Saints as well yesterday. Well, Kenny Stills, I mean, we saw him have flashes last year when he led the NFL in yards per catch and in 20 yards. We saw flashes of it last year where he can be productive. And if you're going to play a man-to-man, you know, you hope that these guys are in the NFL for a reason. And one of the things that Kenny Stills is able to do, he's able to get separation if you're going to play a man-to-man. Made a great double move on Ike Turner yesterday. Ike Turner. Ike <laughs> Taylor yesterday, our own Ike Taylor, to, uh, to get that 69-yard touchdown. And really, you know, he's a guy who can come up with some big plays. I think he came up with another 44-yard catch on a big play down the middle. So he's a guy who can get some separation and can make some plays. If, you, if you're going to disrespect the Saints and play these guys man-to-man, well, these guys are in the NFL for a reason, and they're going to be productive. After the game yesterday, Sean Kelly caught up with Mr. Stills outside of the Saints locker room in Pittsburgh. I mean, it's just one of those days where it just went well for you every time that you seem to run a route. Yeah, um, just... On any given day in this offense, people can make plays, and today was my day. Take us through a couple of the plays, especially the did you go up and out on the on the big touchdown pass? Yeah, no, it was just, um, just corner corner pump for us, and um, got the defender to bite on it, so got down the field and made a play. Did the game loosen up at all? I mean, did you start to see 
the game change a little bit when Mark started to get the ball running? And, you know, it seemed to be more complimentary football than what we've seen the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I feel like, you know, guys get a lot of confidence when um, the offense gets going. You see Mark carrying the ball and getting first downs. And so, um, yeah, we definitely rallied on that and, you know, just finally got things going and put some points on the board. All right, J.D., let's talk about the defense. They forced two turnovers yesterday. They let up 32 points. Two of those touchdowns, though, were late in the game when the game was close to being out of reach. How do you think the defense played yesterday in Pittsburgh? You know, I think really, you know, if you, if, you know, of course you can't, you know, take it, take it out, you know, out of context. But really, if, if you look at the yardage totals and the third downs and the first downs and the, and the time of possession, then you would say the Saints defense did not have a successful day. But if you looked at the actual put in practice and the effectiveness of what happened, then you can say they had a banner day. The two both, both interceptions led to touchdowns. And more than anything, yes, they allowed some yards, but when it really counted early in the game especially, they forced Pittsburgh to settle for field goals. And we've seen in the past when the Saints can force you to settle for field goals, like they did against Minnesota and Green Bay, if they can hold you to field goals, and give the offense enough time to kind of get its footing if it started slowly, then the Saints are going to be in pretty good shape to win the game because they're able to cash in with touchdowns for the most part if they can hold you to field goals. And that's what they did to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh took, kicked a couple of early field goals, six to nothing. And even though Pittsburgh was dominating time possession and they were rolling up yards, I looked next to me at Sean Kelly and I kind of said, I said, you know what, as, as bad as this looks for the Saints right now, they're one big play away from taking the lead. And right then they drive 80 yards to get a touchdown and take the lead, even though they pretty much had been giving up a lot of yards and it looked like they were being dominated on the scoreboard or everywhere but the scoreboard. And so, you know, if that situation where if this defense cannot be dominant but just hold the opposition to field goals, you can give up those yards between the 20s. You can even let them get to the 10. But if you can keep them out of the end zone, you always give this offense an opportunity to come back down and quick strike and score. And that's what they did yesterday. So, you know, I thought it was a really, really good performance for the defense. Allowed 70, 71 rushing yards to Le'Veon Bell in the first quarter, and Bell ends up with 95 for the game. So they clamped down there. And, yeah, he had some receiving yards. But, again, Pittsburgh was playing from behind. They were doing a lot of throwing. And the Saints pretty much had established the cushion they needed to win the game. Okay, J.D., four games left to play, three of those being divisional games, and the Falcons countered what the Saints did and won a huge non-divisional game yesterday over the Cardinals. It is four games against teams under 500, but the Saints can't take any of these games very lightly with four games left to go. Well, I mean, I think they will be honest with you and, and tell you, you know, straight up, look, they haven't played well enough to be overlooking anybody or to be making any kinds of assumptions that they can just come out and dominate teams, even though they played well on the road yesterday in Pittsburgh. We've seen them do this before, play well and dominate in Carolina. We've seen them dominate Green Green Bay at home. But unfortunately, they haven't been able to string together a nice streak, so they haven't been consistent enough to take anything for granted. So, And I think they're a veteran enough and you know a team that's grounded enough to understand they have to play well. They can't make any kinds of assumptions. And so, you know, yeah, they have four opponents. All are under 500. Three of those are division teams, and those are the hardest teams to play because they know the most about you. They require the least amount of preparation to get ready to play you. They know you better than anybody. So, to, to just a, you'd hope if you you know a Saints fan, or you know you'd hope for some walkovers, but it just doesn't happen that way in the NFL. That's John DeShazer, senior writer for NewOrleansaints.com. Make sure you keep an eye out for JD's work today.
as he'll continue to recap yesterday's win and start getting you ready for the Saints divisional matchup with the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. J.D., always a pleasure, my friend. Always good to be here, man. All right, that's John DeShazer. When we come back, Steve Weiss from the NFL Network will join me to recap the week that was in the NFL. We'll be back in a moment. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. We continue our football talk on this Monday, and joining me now, as he does on most Mondays, is Steve Weiss from the NFL Network. Steve, hope all is well with you, and hope you had a good Thanksgiving holiday. All is well. Had a great Thanksgiving holiday, and I hope you did as well. I did. Thank you very much. Steve, let's start with those Thanksgiving Day games. What was your biggest takeaway from Thursday? Was it Dallas crumbling at home to Philly, or was it the 49ers not showing up against Seattle? Well, I think it's kind of, I'm going to go to the 49ers-Seattle game, but I'm going to say I think it's Seattle really starting to round its form. Um, you know, they, they got Bobby Wagner, their middle linebacker, back two weeks ago. That's changed a lot. Because a few weeks ago, they lost their nose tackle, Brandon Meebane, and he's the table setter for that defense. And the interior of their defensive front was really vulnerable. So now they get Wagner back. He's a big hitter, but he's also one of the fastest guys on the defense. Cam Chancellor, the strong safety, is healthy. And they also get their cornerback, Byron Maxwell, back. So now this defense is pretty much as close as it's going to be to the defense that we saw in the Super Bowl last year. And they play like it. They absolutely confounded San Francisco in San Francisco, where you know the Niners had really been successful against Seattle. And I think we've seen the past two weeks that Seattle's kind of you know, got its mojo back. Russell Wilson's playing better football. Um, and they just seem to be coming to, together and overcoming some injuries. Um, you know, and, and they took it out on the Niners. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a little bit interesting when they face off again in a couple weeks in Seattle. Absolutely. Now, uh, Steve, the Saints had a big win over the Steelers in Pittsburgh yesterday. Uh, Atlanta also had their first non-divisional win against Arizona yesterday. It seems like it might come down to those two when it comes down to the NFC South. Yeah, let's see who can get the seven wins the fastest, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it could, and, and I believe they play in Week 17. I think that's the uh, the season finale. And you know, as long as they keep going toe to toe, I was very impressed with what the Saints did going into Pittsburgh and, and really taking the Steelers out of what they like to do on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, Drew Brees was fantastic yesterday. Kenny Stills really stepped up with Jimmy Graham kind of being a non-factor. You know, the big play after big play, they move the ball like we're used to seeing the Saints move the ball, just using a, a lot of different personnel packages and things like that. And then defensively, the pressure they put on Ben Roethlisberger was fantastic. I mean, those guys up front, Junior Collette, um, you know, Jordan, Cameron Jordan, 
Uh, they were fantastic. So I love the way I, I've been saying for weeks, you know, I think the Saints are going to win the division. You know, they, they have not been playing like a good football team. Yesterday was the first sign that uh, maybe, that's a big maybe, they're mm-hmm. turning the corner. Absolutely. Let's stick with the NFC, Steve. The Packers won a big game yesterday in Green Bay over the Patriots, 26-21. to In your mind, are they the team to beat in the NFC? And if not, which team is right on their heels? Well, they're the team to beat. Then Seattle's the team, you know, on their heels right now. It's, uh, you know, Philadelphia looks good, but you just when you look at Green Bay, what Aaron Rodgers is doing, just absolutely frightening. But then take into account the Packers' defense, and they showed it, you know, ever since they played the Saints, they, you know, so they moved Clay Matthews from outside to inside at times. They're running a lot of different personnel packages defensively, and I kind of caught New England off guard a little bit. I mean, they they couldn't get it to to sink, you know, consistently. And you know, when you got a quarterback and you know wide receivers like they have scoring points, it, it's just the the balance that the Packers have is just absolutely outstanding. And then you know, again, I say Seattle. I think they're starting to play well at the right time. Arizona looked good early, uh, but what we saw out of them the past two weeks and Drew Stanton, um, you know, I really don't know. They've got a brutal schedule coming up. There's a chance that they can miss the playoffs. It would be a shame after everything they've gone through. But Stanton, it was, he was terrible yesterday against the Falcons, inaccurate, throwing interceptions, uh, just giving Atlanta opportunity after opportunity to make plays. So, you know, I think, I think those are the teams right there, Green Bay and Seattle. And, of course, we can't talk about the NFL without talking about Johnny football. Brian Horrick gets benched yesterday, and Manziel comes in, scores a rushing touchdown against the Bills in the loss. Is Johnny Man- is the Johnny Manziel era going to start next weekend in Cleveland, Steve? I've got to tell you, it sure looks like it. You know, you, you know, a lot of times when you have these switches, you know, there'll be a definitive answer almost right after the game. You know, hey, you know, Brian Hoyer's our guy. He got us here. We're going to go back and look at the tape, and we're, you know, we're wide open to making a change. To me, that's kind of setting the table for a change, and it's and it's risky to some degree, you know, because Brian Hoyer's the guy who got you here. That's the guy who the players are used to. But things have gone stacked, you know, and they, they really haven't gone well. So maybe this is where the Browns are saying, hey, look, you know, we're, we're two, two games behind Cincinnati uh, in the win column. We've got to win this division. And right now, Brian Hoyer, if we stay status quo, you know, we're not going to win enough games, so let's roll the dice. The worst-case scenario, we don't make the playoffs, but we get to see if Johnny Manziel could be our quarterback in the future. So, to me, it looks like it can happen. I don't know if I necessarily would agree with that right now, mm-hmm. but Mike Pettin and those guys know the temperature of that locker room. So, if they make a switch, they'll, they'll know if these guys can handle it and if they think they'll play better. We're talking with Steve Weiss from the NFL Network. Steve Ray Rice was officially reinstated by the NFL this week. Do you see him being signed by a playoff contender to help get help them get into the playoffs, or will Ray Rice not see the field again this year? No, I don't, I don't see that happening this season. Um, you know, the one thing that accompanies Ray Rice uh, anywhere he goes is that videotape. Mm-hmm. And, you you know, and that, that all knocked us back on our heels. As we've heard about domestic violence, we've known about it, but that was the visual evidence that, that kind of sickened a lot of us. Um, you know, to drop that into the chemistry of a team at this point, you can say it's all about football, but, I mean, again, the football comes with that. You bring that videotape into your organization in April, well, by the time you get to May, it's probably exhausted its news cycle, mm-hmm. so to speak. So then you've got a lot of time to get things ready. So I don't think a team is going to take a risk on, uh, on Ray Rice until the summertime. That's good points there, Steve. Steve, before I let you go, any chance the Jets steal a game at home tonight against Miami? Yeah, I mean, with these two teams, you're, you're, there's always a chance. I mean, we saw how Miami faded last season. 
the Jets, you never know what you're going to get. I like Miami right now. This game here determines if the Dolphins are going to make a serious playoff run because the way some things shook out you know, over the weekend with all those teams except for Cincinnati and the AFC North losing with Kansas City taking that bad loss um, and with there's really no wild-card team, you know, Houston's kind of a longer shot in the South. Miami wins this game. They've got a shot. They've got a real legitimate shot based on their schedule to get to the playoffs. That's good stuff as always from Steve Weiss from the NFL Network here on the Black and Blue Report. Steve, thanks for the time this Monday. You got it. When we come back, we'll talk Pelicans basketball with Joel Myers. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Time now to turn our attention to basketball as the Pelicans, unfortunately, are on a bit of a losing streak, dropping their two games on the road this week into the Hawks and the Wizards and now sit at 7-8. and eight. Joining me now to talk about the Pels is the television voice of the Pelicans on Fox Sports New Orleans, Joel Myers. Joel, good morning. Hope this Monday is treating you well so far. It is. Now that the Saints are in the win column, I had a really good weekend. And it wasn't a good weekend, obviously, for the Pels. The Saints got uh, things straightened out. It was great to see all those touchdown passes and, and the big plays and the offense back, and then the defense, you know, you're naturally going to relax towards the end when you have a, a lead like that. That was a great day for the Saints yesterday. So hopefully they can carry that over to Sunday and back home to Carolina game. Absolutely. Hopefully the Pels can also get a win tomorrow against the Thunder. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, like you mentioned, Joel, Pelicans didn't have a good week, losing all three of their games to the Kings, Hawks, and Wizards. If you had to choose something that caught your eye, what was it that the Pelicans struggled with this week? Well, uh, you, the two-guard position, Eric Gordon's a huge blow. Uh, it's called the shooting guard position for a reason, and you've got to get some points out of that position. You can get away with a four or a five, your, your power forward or your center, not scoring a lot of points but giving you defense and rebounds. But the one, two, and three spots, the lead guard, the shooting guard, and the small forward position, you can't get away with it. They have to keep them honest, and I'm talking about – uh, the teams that you face, you've got to keep them honest. So they've got to play defense against those three positions. And, and if one of those positions doesn't score, that is a huge void. And, and losing Eric Gordon is exactly that for the Pelicans. Now you mentioned, obviously, the absence of Eric Gordon is one of the big problems. How has that affected uh, Monty and how he's been dealing with the rotations lately? Well, it's tough. And it's really difficult because then all of a sudden different roles and guys are asked to do certain things that they weren't expected to do. So all of a sudden their minutes increase, their roles are not the same they were just 15 games ago. 
and you're this early in the season. So it's a period of an adjustment, a transition period for the Pelicans. But they'll get it straight. There's no question. It's early in the season, 7-8. and eight. And don't forget, Daniel, even after the three straight losses, after the positive beginning for the Pelicans, the Pelicans are still even right now in the loss column with the eighth spot. Phoenix right now has eight losses. The Pelicans have eight losses. There's three or four teams now with eight losses. So Pelicans just need to get it straight, get it right, and get a win tomorrow night before they hit the road. Absolutely. Joel, I would say the bright side so far for New Orleans has been the play of Anthony Davis. Despite the team's record, should AD be taking home the Player of the Month award that will be announced later today or tomorrow? When do you draw the line as far as team record and uh, divide that between that and the individual performance? Because if you just look at numbers-wise, AD should be winning that award. I don't even care anymore. I mean, and I mean that sincerely because he should have won Player of the Week by now. Right. So when he hasn't won Player of the Week, I have absolutely no confidence in the powers that be awarding him the Player of the Month award. I mean, last week in particular, in the three games, and it was 2-1, and one, the record for the Pelicans in those three games. And obviously the week before, not the most immediate week, but the week before when the Pels took two out of three, he averaged 30. And he had 30, and I think it was 14 or 15 boards and had amazing numbers, still didn't get it. And it's not like DeMarcus Cousins wasn't deserving, but there was more than one candidate out there, and Anthony Davis easily could have won it. So I don't know if it's a board, I don't know if it's a committee, but I don't hold much stock in those awards anymore when Anthony hasn't won in his first three years, and he's had phenomenal weeks before. He still doesn't want a Player of the Week award. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, we're talking about Joel Myers, voice, television voice of the Pelicans on Fox Sports New Orleans. Joel Pelicans made a couple of moves yesterday, waving both Darius Miller and Patrick Young. What's next for the team, and uh, do the Pelicans make another move to add some depth to this bench? Yeah, they're gonna. There's no question they need some experience, and that's why. And it's really unfortunate. Two guys that are really quality guys who could be good players in this league down the road, but inexperience. And right now, the Pelicans need experience. And, and that's the unfortunate aspect of it for Darius Miller, a guy who's been with us for the last three years and, and we all really like a lot. And Patrick Young, quality young man, really a good guy out of Florida who could play at this league. And I think down the road could play at a nice level in this league as a four, as a power forward. But for the Pelicans' immediate needs, that's why they opened up two spots. But they're still, I think they're going to address the four position. And you'll see a, a veteran power forward come in and then still need to help at, uh, the situation of the two spot. Uh, still need a shooter. And I think that the Pelicans will also address that over the next few days. Joel, December is a tough month for the Pelicans. They open up against a Thunder team tomorrow who now has a healthy Russell Westbrook. And the rest of the month includes two games against the Warriors and the Spurs and also games against the Rockers, Clippers, Blazers, Mavs, and Cavs. This could be a make-or-break month for the Pelicans in a tough Western Conference, don't you think? Brutal. Absolutely brutal. And I just want to emphasize at the very beginning of this month that I want Kevin Durant to take his time. There's no need to hurry back. Absolutely. I want him to be a completely healthy player when he does come back. So Kevin Durant, who I met when he was a Sonic, his rookie season, and is a great young man, really a good guy. Uh, I want Kevin to hear this loud and clear. Take your time. Yeah. It's not immediate. You don't have to come back right away. So that's first thing, first yeah, and foremost for tomorrow night's game because Russell Westbrook only had 32, what was it, 32 points in 25 minutes and, and yep. close to a triple-double mm-hmm. in his first game back last week. So you can see what he means to that team right away and the way he changes their tempo and the way they approach things. It's a tough, tough month. Uh, you talked about the Warriors, this road trip coming up, they're back-to-back with the Clippers and the Lakers. So 
and the Warriors play the best basketball in the world. Mm-hmm. For, forget about I know Memphis is up there, but the Warriors have really been a good team, and they're playing at a very efficient, high level. So uh, it's going to be a challenge. Fortunately, though, as you bring up the month of December, after 9 of 11 on the road after this road trip end, these next three after the Oklahoma City game, fortunately the Pelicans do have a bunch of games at home and have to take advantage of home cooking. And I mentioned it on our telecast that to get to the playoffs for the Pelicans this year, play close to 500 on the road, but have to win right around 30 games at home. So the Pels are 4-2 and two at home now. They have to get better. Hopefully five and two when they hit the road. And I'm talking about a win tomorrow night against Oklahoma City. But have, Daniel, they have to get close to 30 wins on their home floor to have playoff potential. Absolutely, I agree with you there. That's Joel Myers, television voice of the Pelicans on Fox Sports New Orleans. You can catch Joel, Dave Wesley, and Jen Hale tomorrow at 7 p.m. when the Pelicans take on those Oklahoma City Thunder. Joel, always a pleasure, and I'll see you tomorrow at the Smoothie King Center. All right, thank you. Yep. When we come back, I'll wrap things up on the Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Give the gift of Pelicans basketball this holiday season with the Pelicans Holiday Pack, presented by Adidas. This package includes a ticket to see the Pelicans take on the Lakers and Bulls and starts as low as $45. Plus, if you're one of the first 250 orders, you'll score a $20 gift card to the Pelicans Shop by Adidas, located at the Smoothie King Center. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your Pelicans Holiday Pack today. Ho, ho, ho! I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. It's always great talking about a Saints win on a Monday. Big thanks to John the Shazer, Kenny Stills, and Steve Weiss for talking football with me. And Joel Myers, of course, for talking Pelicans with me as well. We have a very special guest on tomorrow's show. Willie Robertson from the hit show Duck Dynasty will be on. He was at the game yesterday in Pittsburgh and was kind enough to sit down with Sean Kelly. And that interview again will be yours tomorrow as Sean Kelly is back in the hosting share. Also, tomorrow we'll preview Pelicans and Thunder from our Smoothie King Center studios. And, of course, you never know who will stop by. Pelicans and Thunder again tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center. Tickets are still available, 504-525-HOOP. You can also use the Cyber Monday deals to purchase those tickets. Log on to pelicans.com for those Cyber Monday deals. And also, NewOrleansSaints.com has one as well. So you can use all the uh, Cyber Monday deals to buy me a nice present on NewOrleansSaints.com and also... Like I said in the first segment, please send any leftover Thanksgiving meals my way. If you're sick of the turkey, no problems. I can take care of that for you as well. Well, that'll do it for me for today's show. Again, Sean will be back tomorrow, and I hope everyone has a great rest of their Monday. I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. 
Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.